We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to DDT Divas, the podcast, season two, episode three. DDT Divas, the podcast gives you the who, what, when, where, how, and why in black pro wrestling. Whether it's talking with the hottest black pro wrestlers in the industry or chatting with black content creators and black super fans, DDT Divas got you. I'm your host, Sade. I'm very excited to chat with this episode's guest, and I'm hoping that she and I can collaborate together in the near future, and I can't wait, and I know you can't wait to hear from her. But first, I want to thank everyone for listening to um, the previous episodes of DDT Divas, the podcast, episode one featuring uh, Ignite Wrestling's Kim Artlip, and um, episode two, Nas Jabari McIntyre. So many people have listened to those episodes, more people than I could ever imagine, like listening to those episodes. So thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. It means a lot to me. And I hope you are getting something from listening to the podcast. I hope you are learning, you are researching, you are thinking about things. Like I just hope you're enjoying yourself while listening to the podcast. So thank you so much. And all old episodes of DDT Divas, the podcast, can be listened to on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Overcast, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Spotify, and YouTube. And be sure to follow DDT Divas on social media. DDT Divas is on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, DDT Divas um, YouTube channel, and subscribe to DDTDivas.com. And you also may want to join the DDT Divas Discord server. So I'm done with all the boring stuff. Um, no more boring stuff for this episode. Let's talk about this episode and this episode's guest. This season, season two of DDT Divas, the podcast, I chatted with people in the wrestling industry, a wide variety of people inside and outside of the wrestling industry, from uh, wrestling promoters, owners, uh, wrestling group creators, and now I'm going to chat with a um, backstage interviewer, in-ring interviewer. So I'm very excited to welcome this episode's guest. This episode's guest is multi-talented. She is very multi-talented and I want to be like her, like when I grow up, <laughs> like I'm so inspired by her originally from uh, Philly and she is an on-camera host interviewer, actress, writer, wrestling, uh, backstage interviewer, and journalist. So please give a big, warm welcome to this week's guest, Candice Cordelia. Welcome to DDT Divas, the podcast, Candice Cordelia. How are you? Hey, I'm good, Sade. How are you? I'm good. Just taking life one step at a time in this uh, global pandemic. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> it's it's a weird year, but you know what? We're just we gotta adapt. We're doing what we can do. So it is what it is. That's my motto right now. <laughs> it's almost like the year that never happened because you we really didn't get to do much this year um, because of quarantines and um, staying home stay home orders and things like that yeah I mean it's it's in the realm of speaking about wrestling in particular you know and I've, I've been talking about this um quite a bit since the pandemic started I mean as as a wrestling fan and working in wrestling we all we miss it I miss it I miss going to shows and I know that there are some shows happening but 
I'm just kind of hunkering down and, and doing what I can do while I'm here, but just being safe as possible so that when things really get, get into full swing, you know, I can just go all out and straight up go ham, which I intend to do. Restrictions <laughs> <laughs> are lifted. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So jumping right in, you are an on-camera personality, a host, writer, actress, educator. How did you get involved in all of those occupations? <laughs> That's a great question. Um, it's funny you asked that because I was just thinking earlier today about multitasking. And throughout the course of my life, I've always been asked, like, how how do you do everything that you do? And how are you involved in so many things? And why can't you just pick one thing? Like, I remember that was a question, you know, even back in high school from, you know, teachers and, and who met well, but at the same time, they're like, you do so much. You should take a break. <laughs> like, I can't. I mean, when it comes down to... For instance, getting into the acting uh, aspect of my career, that's something that I've just done since high school. Um, you know, I was that kid that I was always into films and always watching a lot of movies and television. And I was a bit precocious in that sense. You know, I would look at shows on Nickelodeon and I would be like, I could do that. I could do that. But I was not a child who was like a kid actor and, and did theater when I was five or six. That part of my life didn't really kick into gear until the top of high school. And I just immersed myself through my own will and stubbornness to getting into uh, acting first in theater. And, and I'm from Philadelphia and Philadelphia is a huge theater, theater city. So I just took the initiative to go to acting classes during the summer and to take part in acting productions in school. And it was, uh, it might be hard to believe for people that, you know, are getting to know me or haven't known me for that long, but it was hard at first because I hated public spe public speaking. I hated it. I hated speaking in front of my class. I did not like, you know, putting myself in the spotlight as a kid. So even my doing acting, it just didn't make sense to my family at all. They were just like, what, <laughs> why do you want to do acting? Cause they just couldn't see it. But I saw it for myself, even though I was a bit shy growing up. Um, but when it came to getting in front of a camera, I just was not shy. It was different being in front of a live audience. But for some strange reason, being in front of a camera just didn't phase me uh, because I, I guess it was a matter of being able to not be myself and to kind of inhabit a character. It just felt much safer than standing up in front of people and, and doing public speaking. Um, so that's pretty much how I got into that. And as time went on, I just continued doing it, even on days that I didn't want to do it or needed to take a break. I just always found myself falling back into acting. And as far as the on-camera side, the hosting side, that just was kind of an offset. Um, in terms of acting and and getting into the hosting of everything. I also was a child that loved watching Oprah. Like I think a lot of <laughs> I think a lot of black children growing up at the time that Oprah became a sensation. I mean there was probably one in every three um people who were black, you know, you mention Oprah's name and it's either I love her or I want to be her. There was no nothing else. So I grew up with just seeing Oprah as, as an icon. And, you know, aside from the acting, I definitely also saw myself hosting. And I have vivid memories of sitting in my childhood bedroom, um, giving interviews, you know, taping myself on tape at as though I was interviewing a celebrity or interviewing just a random person on the street. It was something that I did, especially before my brother was born. And I was just... I was just that kid. I was holed up in my room. If I was not listening to a musical, I was either writing or interviewing some imaginary person. So <laughs> that was legitimately my childhood and it was awesome. And and um, from that point on, you know, I, I never, I, there was no viable way to get into hosting. Um, it was much easier to do acting because, you know, you take classes, you do plays in school. But for hosting, it was like, well, how do you get into hosting? Where the notion of having hosting teachers and workshops, it just was 
really just out of my realm and my depth. So with that, that was kind of a ramshod uh, process for me versus acting. I mean, I did certain auditions for hosting, but the jobs were never really there. And I just didn't know besides, you know, packing bags to go to LA to be on like E! News or something. There was no other way coming from Philadelphia in my mind as to a, a certain definitive path to get into hosting. Um, but and, and I'm sure we'll talk about this much later in terms of how I got into hosting and interviewing for wrestling, um, which was also faded and, and destined and there was no process to that. Um, yeah, that I, I just got into hosting by happenstance in some way. Um, but also, like I said before, just by will and ambition. Um, and, you know, writing too. Writing was just something I always did as a kid. I mean, all of these things that I've done and continue to do, I just... I just saw myself doing it. I just did it. I just, for some reason, you know, growing up, I was like, this is what I do and I'm going to do it. And even through the ups and downs and people who either got it or didn't get it, it was really my own intuition and my sheer will that I decided to do it because I honestly, I, I tried doing other things. I mean, I, I've done other jobs. I, I, my resume that's not on camera is, a. Uh, quite long in terms of jobs that I've done to get money, you know, to live off of and, and to pay for school and whatnot, it, from real estate to, you know, journalism, which I still do and, and um, other jobs. Um, so I'm really blessed and grateful that I'm able to do, still do those things, even in, you know, this global pandemic that we're in right now. I know that was a mouthful, but... <laughs> I, I want to be like you because... <laughs> I, I can barely do one thing. Like, it's, it's so hard. But I, I want to be like you. Like, that's inspirational. I'm glad. I'm glad that inspired. It's, <laughs> I mean, I tell people these things and it's, for me, it's, I'm so happy to be able to inspire people and, and still it doesn't register. I don't know how that sounds, but it just, I sometimes just get shocked when people come up to me and they're like, like, as you said, they don't understand how I do everything I do. And they're like, I want to be you when I grow up. And to me, it's like, <laughs> I, it's just, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. But I, I'm so, I'm humbled by it. I'm humbled and, and I'm willing to help other people too. You know, if they have questions for me, I'm always willing to help people and answer because it's not easy. <laughs> it's a lot of work. I do a lot of things, but it's not, not easy at all. So, so, um, I always uh, see the um, backstage and in-ring interviewers as the unsung heroes of wrestling because they help uh, move the stories along. So, like, w at what point in your life did you realize that that was something that you wanted to do? Oh, Shade, thank you for calling us unsung heroes. <laughs> because I, I feel the exact same way. Um, honestly, when it comes to wrestling, I started... Was it 2020? So I started in 2017, like the middle to late 2017. So not that long ago. And to be quite honest, I did not know it was a job. I, the only thing that I knew about backstage interviewing when it came to wrestling was growing up and seeing Mean Jean. And even then, wrestling was not a huge part of my life as a child. And I've said this in other interviews as well. I did not grow up watching a ton of wrestling. I just didn't. I was surrounded by family members who were way more into wrestling than I was, but I was aware of it. You know, I knew Hulk Hogan, mm -hmm. Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock. I mean, those, those guys were so mainstream that it was hard not to know who they were. Um, but I definitely remember seeing Mean Gene, you know, in, in certain ways on, on television, whether it was in commercials or what have you. Um, and I was like, oh, he's cool. Like, I, you know, but his job just, it didn't seem like a real job at the time. And it wasn't until I want to say 2015 when I started getting into wrestling because of a friend who was really into it. And I just, you know, I was like, oh, maybe I want to let me, why? I was just curious as to why he was so into wrestling because I didn't, I'm not even going to lie. I didn't, WWE, I was like, it still exists. I just didn't, I wasn't aware <laughs> that it even was still on television. I'm not even going to lie. I just, it wasn't in my lexicon. So I ended up starting to watch it and I was just, 
I was so fascinated because I'm thinking, I don't know who most of these people are. I know who John Cena is. I'm looking at Sasha Banks like, who is this woman? She's amazing. I was just, there were so many things happening. And then that was when for, for a pay-per-view event, I saw Renee Young. And I saw her interviewing and I was I was thinking, wait, that's a job? They have interviewers? Because my my whole thing was I only remembered Mean Gene. I mean, I didn't know there were female interviewers. I didn't know that that job still existed. So to see Renee Young and to see her effervescence and her, her freshness and the way she approached, you know, the interviews, I, I immediately, being me, I was like, I can do that. <laughs> being me watching her, I was like, that is cool. I can totally do that. And next thing I know, and at the time I was in, I was living in New Jersey, but I was working in the New York city area. I found myself just, you know, kind of doing research. Um, at that time, I didn't even know anything about the independent wrestling scene. I had no clue. I, the only thing I knew was WWE. I didn't know how wrestlers went from, you know, their hometowns to WWE. I was completely ignorant as to the inner workings, um, particularly of the independent scene. So I did my research and come to find out that, especially in New Jersey, there are so many promotions that it just, I, I was compl- I was a bit overwhelmed, but I thought to myself, you know, something tells me that I have this acting experience. I have this on-camera experience. There has to be some way to get from A to Z. And I'm thinking that there are some interview jobs within these wrestling promotions. And if there aren't, I'm going to make that a job. So um, I just ended up going on Twitter and Google, doing research, seeing what promotions were out there. And I honestly stumbled upon uh, the first promotion I worked for, Capital Wrestling. I stumbled upon their Twitter account. And this was at the time when they were just getting started. I think they had only done maybe two shows. And I just hit them up. I straight up hit them up. I was like, you know, here's my resume, my reel, my cover letter, my headshots. You know, when I'm I when I do something, I go all in. I'm 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 just like, here are all my materials and this is what I do. Cause I wanna put my best foot forward. And that's just the acting training that's been beaten into me from an early age. So it's like you can't half step it, you have to go all in. So I did that and I didn't know what to expect. I was like, maybe I'll get a response, maybe not. If not, I'll keep pushing. And they responded really quickly and and they were interested and they invited me to come to their next show, which was taking place at the time in, uh, I believe it was Hoboken. Um, It was either Hoboken or Jersey City. But I went to the show and I did not know what to expect. (laughs) This was my first (laughs) wrestling show, mind you, and my first show that I worked at and I was just like I, I don't know what what is happening but I I'm always putting myself in crazy situations like this so I was like I'm just gonna go for it and I went and I was just kind of thrown into the deep end um they you know we did interviews and and I was like I don't know what's happening <laughs> I just went there I was in the locker room and I'm standing around and I'm the only I believe I I was one of two females or the only female the only female doing interviews but but one of two females in the locker room and uh you know they had we had our talks and I was meeting everyone and I was just like I mean people were like oh what are you know at first I remember someone asked me if I was a wrestler and I should have was like no not a wrestler (laughs) and I used to get that quite a bit because I'm also I'm tall I'm five foot ten and um you know I've been at shows where people would just take one look at me and say are are you wrestling do you wrestle and then I'm like no I'm I'm the backstage interviewer and they're like oh oh okay um so you know back to my first my first day or my first event doing this, uh, I I just was like, you know what, I'm just going to absorb everything and ask a ton of questions. I really don't have anything to lose. And so that's exactly what I did. And uh, I remember interviewing certain uh, tag teams or certain solo wrestlers, solo acts about, you know, what was happening for the show. And, and from that point on, I just there was maybe 5% of me where I was thinking, do I really want to do this? And then the other 95%, I was like, you know what? I can't quit now. I'm just going to do it. And as time went on, it just, 
I learned with each step. Um, I really immersed myself in the promotion and the storylines. And I watched a lot more wrestling. I, I really took it upon myself to study because I was like, you know, I'm in it now. I'm just going to do this. And from that point on, I just became a lifer. I just became, <laughs> I was like, there's no turning back. And I love, I just grew to love it. I absolutely loved it and um, continue to love it. And it, it was really trial by fire when I started. I, and I didn't, I didn't know what was happening. I just took it, I took whatever training I had through acting and, and on camera to kind of fuel me. Um, and I just used that knowledge to really guide me. And then along the way, I just learned, I just learned, I learned about wrestling and learned about the lingo and, and learned about the men and women that I met who really are, are putting their lives on the line for entertainment. And um, yeah, we are, you know, backstage interviewers are unsung heroes. There's from my time, just in the short three years that I've been doing this, I mean, I've met a few um, and, and there have been times where I just was under the impression too that either we weren't really needed or there wasn't a place for us. Um, and there are varying reasons for that. Everyone has their reason, but I, I, I've had conversations about this and, and in my mind, it's it, to me, the backstage interviewer is such an integral part of the show. Um, I understand that there are promotions that don't have, they don't take their shows in, in a in a way which would lend to having a backstage interviewer. And that makes sense. That makes complete sense. Um, but for shows that have a certain cinematic appeal to it, in particular, I personally think it behooves that promotion to have an interviewer to really get the talent over. Um, there are some talent that don't have managers and there are some talent that, you know, it, the interviewer can really get them over if they allow for it to happen. Um, but everyone's different and everyone has their reasons. Uh, but I, I think we're so, we're so important. We're so important in the grand scheme of things. You know, we may not be as important as the wrestlers themselves who are doing the actual sport, but just like any other sport that you see on, you know, ESPN or Fox sports where you have those anchors and those people doing, you know, the sit down interviews and, and telling the stories of the athletes. I think that in wrestling, it it's much more of a value than maybe a lot of people understand or know to have an interviewer really sit down and, and do those one-on-ones or do the, the interviews with the wrestlers in character and, and doing the promos. Um, and that's just my view on it. So, so yeah, un, unsung hero is absolutely right. Yes, the um, in-ring and backstage interviewers really do help uh, move stories along. I can just think of, especially like I'm thinking like 80s, 90s uh, with like different promos with wrestlers and there's a backstage interviewer or, you know, when some like someone's uh, a wrestler's having a interview with an interviewer and another wrestler like attacks that person. Yeah. Like I'm just like, those are like some of the things that I remember like about wrestling. So I just think you guys are like the on like most people don't talk about the um, interviewers, but you guys like help move the story along. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And, and I agree. And it didn't even click to me until I really immersed myself in, in the industry and started working more that I saw just how much we could actually help uh, move the storylines further and in ring. Thank you for mentioning in ring too, because you know, I I've done a few in ring uh, interviews and, and some promos and that's a whole other thing in and of itself versus backstage. But even doing the in ring that really gets the audience going. Um, and when they see someone like myself or another interviewer come in the ring, people automatically are, are interested. They're just like, Oh, what's happening. I mean, I've seen it. <laughs> up front and personal you know folks are just they're wondering where's the story going where's the show going what's happening because they can't anticipate that something crazy is about to go down in the ring if, if I'm stepping in to interview someone or say something so those moments especially you know live are, are just so exciting and invigorating and, and it helps it really helps the production flow really nicely so what companies um did you work for yeah, I mean, I, I started, as I stated, with Capital, and then I ended up working for a bunch of others, such as Battle Club Pro, and I worked with Evolve before 
you know, they, they kind of dissolved in, in uh, you know, what had happened this year amid the pandemic with them. And, you know, I've also worked with Keystone Championship Wrestling in Pennsylvania, not too far from where I'm residing right now, which was awesome. I didn't have to commute, but maybe five minutes to go there. <laughs> um, and yeah, I'm trying to think. Sometimes it's a blur. Oh yes, how could I forget GoPro? I, I that was one of the the recent ones. I did that, I believe, last year. GoPro Wrestling in Jersey. Uh, that was an awesome show. I love that. That I want to shout them out because they're they were just so professional and you know it was it was a joy working for them. To be quite honest, um, yeah, those are just some places that I've worked at and and. Capital, I've worked the most shows for, and the others were kind of like one-offs. Um, Evolve, I did more than one for sure. Um, and that was in New York when they would come over and do their New York shows. But uh, yeah, yeah, those are just some of the places. So now I want to talk a little bit about um, being a Black journalist in wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know you did the Russell Rims uh, Black Journalist on Black Wrestlers. What was that like? Oh, wow. So Brian, who is, you know, the founder of Wrestling Realm and, and you know, the guru of that whole operation, uh, he invited me onto that panel uh, to talk with a few other fellow Black journalists about wrestling and the state of wrestling and Black wrestlers. And I had met Brian uh, prior to that at BlurredCon in the D.C. area. And, you know, we talked about, we, we had discussions and he interviewed me then and, and we kept in touch. And I remember him just hitting me up one morning. He's like, yeah, do you want to come on this panel that I'm doing about Black journalists and Black wrestlers? And I immediately was like, I'm in uh, because I think it's, it's really important to talk about this topic in particular especially in 2020. Um, It was great because we touched on a whole bunch of different things. I mean, we talked about, you know, certain wrestlers in WWE, for instance. Uh, We talked about Keith Lee and the things that Booker T said about Sasha Banks and, and, no, sorry, not Sasha Banks. I apologize, Naomi, because there was that controversy that happened. Um, We talked about what he said about Naomi and the things that she's doing in WWE. And we also talked about his thoughts on Big E. And uh, we mentioned, you know, well, at least I mentioned a few indie wrestlers in the scene um, that I came up with. And we just talked a lot about just the state of what's happening. We also mentioned, I believe we mentioned AEW. We talked a bit about AEW heels because at the time that we did that panel, I think it was either a day or two after uh, that announcement came out about AEW heels and people were up in arms about the price point and things of that nature. So we had a discussion about that. Um, but it was it was fabulous just being able to connect with other Black journalists and talk about wrestling. I mean... I I always found myself in different spaces where I never ever saw a lot of people that looked like me. That's just something that's happened, you know, in the course of my life thus far. So to be able to sit down, um, even though in quarantine, and just talk about something that we love and, and talk about people in the space and, and to really recognize that we are in this space and we do hold a really important, um, important space in wrestling. Um, it was awesome. And hopefully we'll get to do that again. It was really fun too. It was fun just getting, you know, even after we had the panel, we just kind of stayed, uh, on the call and we talked about, you know, what was going on on SmackDown and Raw and, and all these things and just kind of, you know, chewing the fat about that. So yeah, it was a great experience. It really was. I give kudos to Brian for, for setting that whole thing up. Yeah, I I watched and I really enjoyed it. Um, And it is really good to see um, black journalists in wrestling. Um, So like, and that's what I want to ask you, like in your own words, how important is it to you to see more black journalists covering wrestling and discussing wrestling? I know you kind of already touched on that. Yeah, that's a fabulous question. I mean, man, I... You know, when I started in this industry, I did start as a backstage interviewer, but I've also written for websites like DivaDirt. And uh, I immediately saw that there's not many Black journalists in the space. There just are not. I don't know why that is. Um, But I think it is important because, you know, 
obviously there are black wrestlers out here. There are a lot of us. And in recent times, there have been discussions about, you know, how black wrestlers are portrayed and, and the opportunities that black wrestlers are are not getting in, in the industry. And it's really important for us to be able to not just even report about black wrestlers because we're black, but to report about wrestling as a whole. Our perspective might be different from someone else's just based on the experiences that we've had in our lives. And I I know as for me, I'm able to, you know, look at a website, a wrestling website and synthesize it and just say, you know, okay, I get this story. I get this, this story is entertaining, so forth and so on. And, and, it's it's really nice and gratifying to be able to say, you know, I'm black, I'm female, and I write about wrestling. First and foremost, also because there are not, I mean, I have not really met a lot of black female journalists in this space. I just haven't. Me even walking down the street and talking to someone and, and them getting to know me. And when I mention wrestling, they're automatically like, what? Because they look at me and they're like, I mean, this just happened to me recently. Um, They take one look at me and they're just like, that is so fascinating. I would have not guessed that you would have liked wrestling because I think in people's minds, you know, they think wrestling and they have all these, all these stereotypes already come into play. They already have an idea in their head of what a wrestling fan, much less a wrestling journalist looks like. So me being me, and I just am like, yeah, I, I'm a backstage interviewer and I am also a journalist and I talk about wrestling. It's automatically a, a, a point for them to just be in utter shock, which amuses me. Like I, I'm completely cool with it. Um, but I, I think there, there should be more of us, um, you know, and, and I'm sure in time that will happen. Um, but there is also a level of being comfortable in the space. And, and that's a huge factor. And perhaps maybe that's why there are not a lot of black journalists in wrestling. You know, I'm sure everyone has their own story. But, you know, it's it's really important for someone like me and other black journalists in the space to really um to really just just shine and to just show our talents and to be an inspiration to other people. I, I'm sure that, you know, my writing and, and my articles, I would hope are inspiring someone to say, you know, I could do this. I could talk about wrestling and not be ashamed of it. Um, and even now in 2020, you know, I've had those conversations with people who are like, you know, I don't, I, I, I've loved wrestling my whole life, but sometimes I don't even tell people that I watch wrestling because of the, the backlash that I'll get. And that's, you know, there was a time when that, I, I was a little bit wary of telling people about that too, because I've seen it in right in my face. You know, I've seen people say, I like wrestling and automatically the person on the, on the receiving end laughs and, and the next mm-hmm. thing is, Oh, wrestling, you still look at that? I haven't I haven't watched wrestling since, you know, I was ten years old. And 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 then it's just like, okay, well, that's nice, but what am I supposed to think? Like that that's a childish endeavor that I'm doing. Like I shouldn't watch wrestling or, or much less write about it because it's something for kids. And I think that's a real thing and, and I think that um there's some sort of shame that happens and it shouldn't. Because wrestling at the end of the day is an art and a sport. And that's something that I've, that I've come to find while working in this business. You know, it's, it's yes, it's choreographed to a certain degree, but it's still a sport. And to be able to show people through my writing and through my passion for wrestling that, yes, I am writing about this because it holds a valid space in this universe. Wrestling exists. It is here. I'm going to actually show you why it's important. <laughs> it's I think that's valuable. I think that's something that, you know, I take pride in that as a journalist, because like with any other subject that I've written about, there's a reason why I'm writing about it. I'm passionate about it. And I think that it's important for people to know about. So that's why I do it with wrestling, too. And as a black female journalist, you know, just just the way I look and being in this space is, you know, that's powerful. It's powerful in and of itself. I could just sit here and say I like wrestling and that's powerful (laughs) without writing, without, you know, interviewing people. Just saying that with confidence, that holds some weight. So, you know, I'm, I'm very grateful to be able to say that I can write articles and, and interview people in, in wrestling and, and do that, you know, 
do that in a pandemic. <laughs> like, just do that while we're just, you know, watching things happen. It's it, it's important. It's important. And if there are any any black and brown people listening to this that are hesitant or curious or interested in in wrestling and working in in the industry, I say go for it. Go for it. There's there's you know, you only have one life to live and life is short. And if there's anything we've learned from this year alone, it's it's to just go for it. Go for your dreams. Take a chance and take a risk. What What is the absolute worst that can happen? You suck at it? Okay, you took a chance. And especially being black and brown and, and, and you know, holding that space where we are right now just I say just do it just do it. it it's more powerful than you can realize and and there's there should be no shame in it so just go for it definitely um I know for me um I so I have a background in magazine journalism mm-hmm. and I was kind of always inspired by like wrestling magazines and both like also by like ebony and jet and essence so those were my like two biggest inspirations um like to want to study um magazine journalism Mm -hmm. so i do like see like it is i think it's very important and i do think um sometimes uh we are afraid to be stereotyped as being a wrestling fan because people do have this preconceived notion of what a wrestling fan looks like or sounds like or you know there there are stereotypes and i thought it was really funny that uh i think it was like sunday i saw um a video on twitter and they were it was talking about luther vandross being a wrestling fan so i was like wow that's really cool is that true um yeah it was like a clip of um a lot of celebrities talking about how he enjoyed wrestling oh my gosh (laughs) if i can find it i'll send it to you because i saw it on twitter but yeah he he was a wrestling fan like (laughs) that is what I love it I love it and I think that you're absolutely right I feel the more that we just own up to our different passions and tastes the more people will be comfortable in saying I like that too or I do this too I mean it's I did not know that that makes him just even more top tier in my mind that's just I love it I love it yeah, I'm going to, if I could find it, I'll send it to you. And for anyone listening to this podcast, I'm going to, I should probably pin it to like my Twitter because I saw it on Twitter so you guys can like see it. But yeah, he he was a wrestling fan. Nice. Oh, knew we love Luther. Like, <laughs> now, you know, it, it all comes full circle. Um, and it's funny you even say that too, because I've, I've come to, you know, ever since I started telling people, especially in my family, that this is something that I do. All of a sudden, I'm getting these stories of, you know, other family members who have already passed. And they're like, oh, yeah, so-and-so was a wrestling fan, too. They used to go to shows all the time. And I'm like, what? I never knew that. I never <laughs> knew that about my uncle. I never knew that about my aunt. Why didn't you tell me this before? Like, It's always some, like, secret, like, thing that I've come to find when it comes to wrestling. You know, you mention it to someone and all of a sudden they're they're like, oh yeah, I, I, I used to love this. I used to watch this. It happens to me more than you know. And it's really funny. It's really, but no one ever comes right out and says, oh yeah, I, I do this, this, and this. And by the way, I was watching, you know, AEW Dynamite or I was watching Raw the other day. Like no one says that in conversation just off the rip. So I just find it really funny. Yeah, it it is um interesting, you know. I it's very interesting and I I didn't really start connecting with like a bunch of wrestling fans until like college. Um I was kind of just like I had friends and they knew I watched wrestling, but like they didn't really watch. So I was kind of like I never really discussed wrestling growing up until like college and then I decided like I'm going to like join some groups. I'm going to talk to people and then after college I was like I'm going to you know, I wanted to do something besides like working a nine to five. I wanted to do something, you know, that kind of relates back to my journalism roots. And, you know, it's it's just it's just so interesting and fun to talk to another black woman about wrestling. It's always cool. <laughs> I, I, I really enjoy it. So um, you had mentioned um, before when I had spoke with you that you were um, working on a podcast. I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about your upcoming podcast. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it's something that I started doing when the pandemic uh, had just started around. And I believe it was April that I started this venture. And 
<laughs> funny you also mentioned that because I'm a little bit behind. I have some news that I have to report on it. Other things have just come up and I have not released an episode embarrassingly in, in a little while. So <laughs> I'm going to get back on that. But um, I came up with the idea of talking about wrestling and entertainment because my background in journalism before wrestling was actually entertainment. Um, and it still is to a certain degree. I've worked for publications and websites like New York Daily News and, and ABC Radio. Um, and at ABC Radio especially, that was my vertical. That was my whole niche. I was in deep, knee deep in entertainment and music journalism. Um, so entertainment has always been a huge part of my career. And I, you know, I, I'm always on the websites and I'm always reading up on things happening in wrestling. And I just thought, well, no one's really talking about wrestling mixed in with entertainment. Um, we know the the phrase entertainment sports. That's an actual thing. So I'm thinking, well, I can really fill that space and talk about what certain wrestlers are doing in movies or television or, or music or any other ventures that they have outside of wrestling, because especially with social media now and YouTube and Twitch, we're seeing more and more wrestlers um, really doing their different things outside of wrestling when it comes to, you know, creating their own fashion lines or appearing in movies and, and besides the rock and John Cena and even the Bella twins, there are more people, more wrestlers who are taking up these different ventures. And I think that's important to take note of, um, uh, because they are talented human beings. They don't just, uh, wrestle, they do all these other things. So with each episode, I make a point of it to, um, I call them bite-sized. I don't want to go on these rambles and, and talk here and there about what's happening on these different, you know, wrestling shows and whatnot. It just, I feel like with people's attention spans, it's just so much more easier for them and for myself to record these bite-sized episodes talking about um, what people are, what these wrestlers are doing. Um, outside of the ring. And I mean, I've, I've touched on different TV projects on Netflix and different film projects. And each episode that I do, I'm fascinated by what these people are accomplishing, um, uh, particularly now with Twitch. There are a lot of wrestlers on Twitch and YouTube. And as you know, with the controversy recently with this whole third party uh, ban with the WWE, I think that's going to be um, really interesting how they're going to navigate this. But I don't think it will deter them from uh, venturing into all these different avenues that they're doing. And I, for me, that's, it's exciting to see, like, if I'm watching TV and I'm, you know, seeing a, a rest, I remember seeing Dolph, Dolph Ziggler on a, he did a, um, I, I love the challenge, this MTV competition show. It's one of my favorite shows. And he was doing the, I believe he did an after show um, or reunion show. And I was like, dude, I love this. It was like him and, and The Miz is also um, in because, you know, people that really, really know the history of The Miz, like he was on uh, a season of The Real World. And, and I particularly remember his run on The Real World because he he stated that he was going to be a wrestler. And I remember his castmates laughing at him. So every time, yeah. <laughs> every time I see The Miz, I just have this, I don't know him, but I really feel like I my heart just get so warm because I'm like, you realized your dream. You were telling people that you were going to be a professional wrestler with the WWE and people laughed in your face. And now you're actually living your dream. It's stories like that, that just really get me. So to see these guys and girls, you know, they're doing their thing on these other shows and, and putting out these fashion lines and showing up in New York Fashion Week and doing these things. I love seeing that. And I'm like, you know what, I'm going to report on it. So that's pretty much what I do on these episodes. And as time goes on, I'm really going to start ramping that up. Um, but I just have, it's, it's been on a little hiatus because, you know, ironically, life has just gotten really busy for me, even though I'm at home working. <laughs> it's just been a crazy whirlwind, you know, for the past few months. So yeah. Yeah. And sometimes when you work from home, it feels like you're working more than in office. That's what it feels to me. Like, I feel like I work more from home right. than I did when I was in the office. Right. It's wild. It's and it didn't. When the pandemic started, I was just like, OK, this is cool. Like it's I was 
I was just doing my thing. Things were a bit smooth, but you know, because I like to do a million and one things, <laughs> I took it upon myself to, to put a lot more on my plate and just run with it. And now I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> I'm really busy. This is a lot, but I'm not going to complain. I just, I always find myself in that position anyway, as we were mentioning or discussing earlier. I just, I'm always doing a million and one things. So <laughs> what wrestling promotions are you enjoying right now that you're looking at you love i mean oh on the indie front it's you know there aren't a lot of shows going on um but i try to see what people are up to via twitter and instagram and um uncanny promotions is one i will shout them out always um i did a recent interview with Darnell Mitchell, who does the booking and he does producing and and social media for them. And I'm really excited. They're doing great things, even in this pandemic. Um, They're releasing stuff through IWTV, which is fantastic. So I'm really excited to see where things go with Uncanny. Um, I'm always checking up on like Game Changer Wrestling, GCW, um, trying to think who else. Mission Pro Wrestling as well. I will give them a shout out. Uh, Thunder Rosa's female promotion um i'm curious really to see where things go with them and i'm really excited that they're you know she she's really bringing this endeavor on and and bringing people onto the team and and wants to see women's wrestling grow even more so that's an indie promotion i'm really excited to see um see what happens with them and on the pro side you know i'm really only watching aew um Sometimes I will watch, I I will watch a Raw. I don't really watch SmackDown that much anymore. It's on Fridays and it gets a little hard. And, you know, sometimes I'll sit and I'll be at home and watch it. And other times I just, you know, there's so much happening on Fridays. But Raw, I watch on and off. NXT, I've kind of... I hate to say it, I've fallen off with NXT before they, I literally had this discussion with the front earlier today too. Um, NXT, before they got to USA, I was so gung-ho about NXT. I was just, I mean, I've, I've been to shows and I was just really all about NXT. And as soon as they moved to USA, I don't know what happened. I tried catching some episodes and then I just fell off. I really did. Um... Honestly, though, I've only been watching AEW. I I haven't even been watching Impact as much as I used to. It's really only been AEW and and even AEW Dark. Um, I'm not the type to really watch a lot of uh, promotions that do like full on shows on YouTube, um, especially live. But I've been watching and catching up with what they're doing on Dark, and I'm really enjoying uh, the journey and the progression. I'm I'm truly. You know, with AEW, it's just, I, I, there are people on that show that I came up with that I've interviewed um, when I first started in wrestling. So it's, it's even more special for me watching that promotion now because I'm looking at friends and I'm looking at folks that I've interviewed and I'm just like, it's, it's just amazing for me to watch them progress and grow and to do what they're doing in this really tough time. Um, I know, especially for wrestlers now, it's just the pandemic has really upended their their livelihoods and um, not just in wrestling, but also their day jobs. It's It's been hard. So to see people, you know, taking, you know, however they're getting to Florida and, and going on the show and, and performing under these circumstances, it's inspirational to me. It really is. Um, but that AEW is really the only thing I'm watching. I'm, I'm going to try to watch more. I do want to try to watch more Impact. Um, I do really like their women's division, so I'm going to try to watch more of Impact. But with with uh, WWE, it's like up in the air. It's like some days I'll watch, some days I don't. But I end up catching clips anyway on YouTube or kind of reading up about it. So that's how I've been keeping up with, with WWE as far as that goes. But uh, yeah, yeah. Good. Um, I love your indie choices. Uh, definitely, I've been getting uh, more and more into indie wrestling. 
so I used to be kind of into the indie scene when I I went to Kent State University, so I was in Ohio. So I was kind of like into the indie scene when I was in college in Ohio. But then when I moved back to D.C., I kind of like didn't. But now I'm getting more into the indie scene. And then also like now you can watch it online, like um, shows online and stuff. So, yeah, great indie choices. And yeah, AEW, I'm interested in see how AEW grows. They just have a bunch of talented people and um, people that I enjoyed on the indie scene so it's cool seeing them in AEW now yeah yeah it really is it really and I you know I forgot to also mention for the indie side um Booker T's promotion I've been following as well recently uh Reality of Wrestling and um that's another I I like watching that online actually I like watching what they do I get the notifications and you know I pop in and and start to you know see what's going on and um Eve as well as another promotion I forgot to mention them Eve uh they're really good so I've been checking out what's up with them um so I thought to just give a shout out for those two as well (laughs) so this question I always ask everyone um who comes on the podcast um besides like when you're not working you're not watching wrestling um what's something that you love to do do you have any hobbies that you're crazy about oh yeah so like a lot of people (laughs) now being in quarantine um I love to cook so when there is a chance to I will cook I was doing that before quarantine but now it's it's become something um like art and survival skill because (laughs) I, you know, I, I'm not, I have, since, I want to say since February, I really have not gone out to a restaurant. I have not um, ordered takeout since then. Um, I've just been, you know, eating home cooked meals and baking too. Um, I actually haven't done as much baking as I used to pre-pandemic, which I find kind of odd. I was thinking about that the other day too. Like I was looking at people doing all this, you know, banana bread stuff. And I was like, I haven't even baked banana bread since the whole quarantine. And before that, that's all, all I was baking was banana bread, banana bread and, and now it's like, oh, okay. I think I've banana breaded myself out. Um, but yeah, cooking and reading, absolutely. Um, journaling. Uh, journaling is something that um, I used to journal a lot when I was younger. And then that's something that I just fell off from, unfortunately. And now I'm doing that a whole lot more. Um, that's like my form of, of just meditation in a way, just journaling either in the morning or in the evening. Um, is something that I really enjoy doing and playing video games. I have been getting back into playing video games, more so mobile games. Um, I do have a PlayStation 4, but I've been on my phone playing mobile games and playing the most random games too. Like I, I'm, I love cooking games. <laughs> like I, I'm playing. <laughs> diner chef whatever those competition diner dash i'm playing that i am playing that i'm not ashamed to say i'm playing that and i'm at like level five something right now and i'm gonna keep going until i can't go anymore and i've been um i've been playing a lot of story games too there are these really interesting choose your own adventure type mobile games i had heard of them in years past but like these games like choices and and there's another one escaping my mind right now but I found myself playing them and I'm fascinated at how a these stories are being written and b the choices that you can actually choose because there there are some that are really raunchy (laughs) I'm like this is the, the storylines are really fascinating. I just would love to know how these writers, like what what is the process for writing these mobile games? Because I find myself getting really caught up in them. Um, so I've been doing that as well. I've been taking walks as well and exercise. I'm doing a lot of, I've, I haven't been to the gym um, since ooh, probably March 
um, because just because, you know, my gym was closed, I still don't even think it's open right now, but I, it's been all good. I've been working out at home and I'm actually getting more progress working out at home and, uh, cooking home cooked meals than, um, the schedule that I had before, like racing to the gym and coming back and feeling stressed out because I had to, you know, cook dinner, coming back. Everything is just a bit more like, okay, I, I'm planning out my meal. I'm going upstairs. I'm going to work out. I'm going to do this YouTube video. It's going to be great. And I find myself much more disciplined doing that than, you know, the schedule I had before, which is really hilarious to me. But those are the things that I've been doing. But even before pre-pandemic, I'm, I'm a huge travel nut. I love to travel. I can't wait to get back to traveling. I mean, this time last year, I was planning a trip to Salem, Massachusetts with one of my best friends. And I really wish I could go again this year because that was amazing. We went around Halloween time and it was the first time I've been to Salem. And it was just, I loved it so much. And I'm really upset that we can't go. I mean, maybe we could, but I'm not really chancing it. And Halloween's going to be on a Saturday too this year. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's unfortunate. That would have been crazy. But once, you know, things get a little bit more solid, I cannot wait to travel. I'm really planning and hoping to go finally to go to Tokyo. That is the number one place I want to go to. And I, it has to happen. Like there's just no if, ands and buts that trip is happening. I really want to go there and go to Australia and just do a lot more um, traveling in the States too. There's so many other States I haven't been to yet that I really just want to take a road trip to and travel. So that's high, high, high on my list, like traveling for sure. So when you um, go to Japan, are you going to check out the Japanese wrestling oh, scene? Yes, that is. That, <laughs> and you know what? Before that was not, a, you know, before I got into the industry, I, that wouldn't have been on my list. I wouldn't have thought to myself, oh, I'm going to check out NJPW. Now I'm, I'm, that is absolutely happening. I also want to see sumo wrestling too. I really want to see what what that is all about um and i you know i knew about sumo wrestling you know many many years back but i i, I just find i'm gonna immerse myself in the whole scene i mean i have i have friends who are wrestlers who have trained in japan and the stories that they've told me are just so mind-blowing it wrestling in japan is on a different level they just put it in a different regard than we do here in the States. So I'm really excited to be able to go see an NJPW show and see a sumo show. And I just want to do everything. Like I just want to go check out manga. I want to go karaoke. I want to check out the fashion districts. I want to go eat all the food. <laughs> I just want to spend like a whole month. I feel like you need a whole entire month to just go and just while out and see and do everything. That's just my absolute plan. I'm, I'm ready for it. <laughs> That's so cool. I hope you enjoy your travel. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so I want to thank you so much for spending time with me and chatting about wrestling and being an in-ring um, interviewer. And before you go, um, if you could tell all the DDT Divas, the podcast listeners, where they can find you on social media. Absolutely. And thank you so much, Shadi. This was a pleasure. Um, thank you so, so very much for having me on this show. And I love what you guys are doing at DDT Divas. And I want you guys to keep it up because we need you. And you are doing amazing, wonderful work. And you should be very proud of yourselves. Um, you can find me on social media. First on Twitter at Candice Cordelia. Candice is spelled C-A-N-D-A-C-E. Like the Phineas and Ferb character. Uh, Cordelia is C-O-R-D-E-L-I-A. That's Candice Cordelia. On Instagram, I am that girl Candice. 1616 as the numbers. So you can find me on Instagram. I do have a Facebook. I honestly, I don't use it as much as I used to. I post a lot of work related stuff, but you can add me on there. That's cool. Um, it should come up as Candace Smith. Candace Cordelia is my stage name. Stage name. Candace Smith is my legal name. Um, but Cordelia is actually my real middle name. So <laughs> that's my real middle name. Um, so you can find me on there under Facebook and you can also find me on my 
YouTube channel. It should be under Candace Cordelia. If I, it definitely should be under there under YouTube. Please subscribe. I would love to have more subscribers. I'm going to start adding a lot more content. Um, I have a lot of interviews that I've just finished that I'm going to start popping up on there. Um, I write for Double G Sports and you can find a lot of interviews that I do for Double G Sports on my YouTube channel as well. So check that website out because I'm going to have a lot more content coming out through their articles and video interviews. Um, trying to think, yeah, that's pretty much where you guys can um, find me. And when there's time for me to start really doing TikTok or Triller, I'm trying to figure out which one. To, there's so many things out here, but <laughs> once I really get, either it's gonna be TikTok or Triller, once I figure out what it is, uh, you know, I'll, I'll let you guys know about that as well. And y'all can see whatever shenanigans I get up to on either of those platforms. Yes, be sure to follow Candace. She's such a great person. Just show her some love and follow her and subscribe to her YouTube. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sade. You're great as well. I really appreciate it and love this conversation. Let's do it again. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you, Candice, for chatting with me on DDT Divas, the podcast. I really appreciate it. Such a lovely, fun chat that we just had. For everyone listening, to all the listeners, don't be afraid to say that you're a wrestling fan. Don't be ashamed. There's nothing wrong with enjoying wrestling. Wrestling is fun. It's cool. It's exciting. You know, don't be ashamed. It's, it's all good. We all love wrestling. And that's okay. Also, thank you to the listeners for listening to this episode. I really appreciate it. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Also, you know, please be sure to follow DDT Divas on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Join our Discord server. Subscribe to the DDT Divas YouTube channel. Subscribe to DDTDivas.com. You know, um, wherever you listen to this podcast, just uh, like it, favorite, subscribe, whatever you do on the podcast platform. Just make sure that you never miss an episode of DDT Divas, the podcast. And before I go, I want to make sure everyone knows that I did go back after uh, chatting with Candace and I did some research. It is true. Luther Vandross uh, was a wrestling fan. He was a fan and a lot of his celebrity friends and his colleagues and peers actually knew he was a wrestling fan. A few of them knew. And uh, I'm going to make sure that I um, pin the tweet or uh, wherever the link i'm gonna make sure i try to link it to with that being said i just want to thank everyone for listening and be sure to be on the lookout for another episode episode four of season two so thank you so much for listening We hope you have enjoyed the show.